Welcome to the Awakening Shalom Podcast. The Awakening Shalom Podcast is an opportunity for digital faith formation at Myers Park Baptist Church that accompanies the Awakening Series, a year-long journey of exploration and discernment which invites all people to come learn about the current social justice issues of the day and how they impact our faith. What we are awakening to is Shalom, the Hebrew word for the peace and beauty that exists when we are living in right relationship with God, ourselves, other human beings, and all created things. Welcome back to Awakening Shalom. We are in a bonus Christmas episode. I am Mia McLean, and I'm here with... Ben Boswell. Yes, and we're going to get into it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, <laughs> and almost a Happy New Year. Almost, almost. My yes. favorite my favorite night of the year is December 31st. You may, be, you may be listening to this on the first day of Christmas, or the second day of Christmas, or the third. Right. Go ahead and sing yourself the song, and remember that and Christmas a is a 12-day season. <laughs> Not a 40-day season. But That's anyway, right. Yeah. You tell them. You tell them. I, I told Lucy this year that I'm. Oh, she's going to open a present per day, each day. That is a great... I would love that to happen. Isn't that the best way to do it? I like, when you're a kid, you think, no, let me do it all one day. But actually, it's mm. better if you space it out slowly. That's right. And it's the anticipation builds every day. You're like, oh, what am I going to get in my... Uh, I mean, whatever. What is crazy. it called? Your little glove? Stocking. Stocking. <laughs> Your little glove. Oh, my God. Whatever. <laughs> oh, you just reminded me of a really funny story. Since we're on the podcast and we're live here, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, as a pastor, people bring you these things that they want you to do during, this, you know, that they have created. You know, sometimes people create musicals <laughs> and they want you to put them on or mm. or plays or one time somebody brought me a <laughs> CD with a mu- with a musical story about Little Stocky, the Christmas stocking. And they wanted me <sighs> to share the share the love of Little Stocky. With the whole church. And I just thought, you know, I think I'm just going to stick with Luke this year. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Little Stocky didn't make it. No, that's not, that doesn't sound good. That's just... Well, he was sad because he got stored up in the attic all year. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Toy Story, but for Christmas. Yes, yeah, so Little Stocky, like he's like, why can't I be out all year round? You know, and then they teach Little Stocky about Jesus. You know? Right, so patience. You Little only Stocky get has to be in Advent for the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. gosh. So, yes, um, we are in the Christmas season, which is the shortest liturgical season. Can you, you believe it? Yeah. I just, every time I go onto the lectionary website and I'm like, God, this season is so short. It's only. <laughs> yeah, if you blink, you can miss it. Right. You, you really, you most really people, could. It's, it's funny you should say that. Actually, most Americans don't go to church in Christmas. Because the real Christmas season. Right. That's so fascinating because that was a big time of year for me. Yeah. Well, they, like from Christmas Day on. Yeah. Think about how many people go to church from, because they usually all uh, everybody uh, yeah. always misses the the Sunday after Christmas. It's the right. lowest Sunday attended right. church service of the year. When in fact it's the only Christmas Sunday. Right. Christmas Eve is I've not the Christmas service. Christmas Sunday for the past two years. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Who would go on vacation and actually do that? Uh, which is fine with me. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm reading through this lectionary thing as I, you know, mm-hmm. deep in my, you know, liturgical, whatever, my liturgical experience. Um, and so it starts with the nativity of the Lord. 
that's what they say here. Yes, the nativity of the Lord. Yes, um, which is, you know, your typical 24th, 25th, which is interesting. I, I went to church on Christmas Eve, midnight mass. So when we have yes. these conversations about these kids who cannot stay awake, I just want to, I, know, I just, man. I get so angry. My mom did not care. I, I went to My midnight mass. didn't care at all. They didn't care if it was four hours. They'd take me there at midnight. They'd take me there four times a day on Christmas Eve if they, had, right. they wanted to. They were just in the mood. They would just go. And right. They would be like, come on. My mom didn't care about Santa. I think, actually, they would say, you think Santa's coming if you don't go to church? I mean, oh, that was... Like, Santa's going to come while you're at church. So when right. you get home... <laughs> exactly. That's right. You better get to church. So, you know, we keep moving these church services up on Christmas, the nativity of the Lord to come. I, fam- I, I love families. I love you. I promise. But the this, I'm just a little jealous, you know. Um, <laughs> but there's nativity of the Lord 1, 2, and 3, which I'm confused about on here. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have... <laughs> Well, that's because some in in a lot of Christian liturgical traditions, Episcopalian, they have multiple services on Christmas Day. Oh, Christmas no. Day is a big day. Yeah. So this is amazing because I was talking. You were you and I were talking talking about this, like in the black church versus in the in white churches. Watch night is bigger than oh, Christmas yes. Eve. Oh yes, watch night is the best. Watch night, night is way year. bigger than yeah. Christmas Eve. Oh yeah. Right? In fact, in fact, some some ch- black churches in Charlotte don't even have Christmas Eve services. Oh no. I, I, they're not. We like, went to mass across town. My church didn't have Christmas Eve. Right, we went to- <laughs> right. And a lot of a lot of evangelical ch- churches have gone back to this model of the yeah. black church model of not. Well, they don't do watch night either, but they they don't mm-hmm. do anything on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. They're yeah. like, be with your families. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. They have Sunday services, yeah. and if it's not a Sunday, they don't have a service. Right. Right. My, my or they mom, have Saturday services because they have 20 services. We will find a church on Christmas Eve. Last year we were in Canada. We found a church to go to because she will not let oh, it wow. go. You know, the <laughs> hardest thing to do is to find a church that is actually open Christmas Day. Oh, that's yeah. having a worship service on the day of Christmas now. Yeah. Think, besides Episcopalians and Catholics. They're yeah, that's services. hard. Yeah. I mean, we're not. So, no, yeah. no, we're not. <laughs> that's hard. Okay, so I get it. So there's multiple services. And then you get into the first Sunday after Christmas, which will be the 29th this year. So right. this coming Sunday. And the, then that's the first Sunday of Christmas. Oh, oh of Christmas. Sorry. See, you know, I'm still. No, the first Sunday after. You're right. The first you're Sunday right. of Christmas. Of the Christmas season. season the yes. liturgical season. Because whenever, I mean, the first day of Christmas is Christmas Day. That's day one, but that's not the sun. That's not always a Sunday. If Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, then that's the first Sunday of the Christmas season. Okay. So sometimes you can get multiple Sundays in the Christmas season. Right, depending on how how, you're right. Okay, but many times there's only one Sunday in Christmas. Yeah, and then there's Epiphany, and it's white. That's right. White. white. Okay. Yes, Um, and then you get into Holy Name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So this is, is this the naming? Are we celebrating the yeah, name? Okay. That's, right. that's January 1st, um, New Year's Day. Sec- the second Sunday, we do have a second Sunday of, Chris- or of right. Christmas. It's usually year. Epiphany. Yeah. It usually coincides with the way Protestants celebrate Epiphany. Epiphany. Because in a lot of traditions, Epiphany doesn't matter. It's like Christmas Eve. No matter when it falls in the week, they'd have a service. Right. In Catholic tradition. But but Protestants typically celebrate Epiphany Sunday, which is usually the second Sunday in the season of Christmas. Right. Yeah. And usually it's Matthew or And John. that's a season. Epiphany. Epiph- well, no. Actually, it depends on what liturgical tradition you're in. Oh. Some, some Lutherans and others celebrate Epiphany as a season. Some people celebrate Epiphany as a day. If it's not a season, you go right into ordinary time after Epiphany. Back into green, back into hmm. everything's ordinary, back into the life of Jesus leading up to Lent. Okay. But other people want to celebrate Epiphany as a season, and they kind of draw it out and think about it as a, the, 
um, it would be like the season of the manifestation and the unveiling of right. God, the, right. the revealing of God, leading up to Transfiguration leading Sunday, up to Transfiguration, the greatest unveiling mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the resurrection, and then into Lent. Yeah. So you okay. you keep doing these kind of ever unfolding mystery of the incarnation for a whole month. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, th- but that's also uh, of of a lot of dispute liturgically. Whether or not Epiphany should be a season or not. Oh, I think I've been at a church that had that did Epiphany as a season. So the problem is, you, is it penitential or is it celebrative? Well, where I'm from, it's celebrative because as soon as January 6 hits, the king cake comes out, Mardi I mean, Gras beads start coming out. Okay, we just—it's a party. Okay, so. in New Orleans, it's Epiphany is the the biggest season, it biggest is. festival it of the is. year. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, right. Which is why you know Christmas. I was like, okay, Christmas, but Mardi Gras coming. You right. know, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's interesting. Good segue because Christmas has happened. Yeah. All the fanfare has happened. You've opened your gifts. You've eaten a pot roast or whatever you ate, um, <laughs> fried fish, whatever it was. So w- now what? It just kind of mm-hmm. seems like mm-hmm. if all your focus has been on Christmas when perhaps it could have been on Advent or some other sort of way to honor the season, it's like a big womp womp, like let down. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the most irritating things as a, as a person who knows all this is for Christmas music to stop on, on Christmas Day. Yeah. And turn the radio on on December 26th and you can't find Christmas music anywhere and it's the second day of Christmas. Yeah. And you got, you know, 10 more days. Yeah. And you can't find Christmas music anywhere. So thank God for Spotify. Yeah. For those who are purists and don't listen to Christmas music all the way through Advent because they're focused on that and then mm-hmm. they want to listen to Christmas music finally when we're in Christmas, they can't find it on the radio. Mm-hmm. So that's part of where you see how upside down the culture is for right. what the season is supposed, how the season is supposed to be celebrated. Right. Um, you know, it's interesting because one of my favorite movies and books and novels, and it's been done a thousand times, is this Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Just absolutely, I'm crazy about it. Interesting. It's, I'm just so crazy. I watch, I've watched every version of this. Ever. In fact, I watched the Scrooge McDuck, uh, Mickey Mouse Disney version with Lucy this weekend, and it was amazing. It was delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the movies that have come out about Dickens have shown, Christmas was not a big deal when Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. It was not a season that people really liked. He was very not one of many responsible for reinvigorating the season of Christmas with meaning and significance. Mm-hmm. People just didn't care about it. it. wasn't a prime. It wasn't like Easter. It was not at all like Easter in the in the, in the in the church at the time frame. After a Christmas Carol, and then as that moved over into America, and then sort of the commercialization of Santa Rudolph, all these other things started coming around. And then Christmas begins to pick up speed and and develop into what it has become known as today. As people think of it as the biggest Christian festival of the year, but it's not supposed to be, but it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, so whenever you go back and kind of see that how people celebrated back then, you can you can get a sense of what it was really like to practice Christmas. Um, in that way, whereas like, you know, Scrooge wakes up on Christmas Day, whereas most of us, Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. He wakes up on Christmas Day is the new beginning for him. So you, mm. you ask this question in the beginning, so what? What's, yeah. what's, what's left? Actually, I mean, I know this is a bonus episode. Christmas just began. The yeah. new beginning just started. You're just in it. Now it's time. Like mm-hmm. that's why the preparation matters so much because if you don't really prepare, you don't know what this new birth of – God's love and salvation and liberation in the world is going to do for you in the coming year. You need the time of preparation to imagine spiritually and emotionally how this thing is going to take root in your life and then how you're going to lead a new life differently in the coming year. 
Um, because then by Christmas Day and the 12 days after, you're supposed to manifest that mm-hmm. then in the world like God manifested in the world. As mm, well. That's great because, you know, one of the readings we had at church on Sunday uh, a couple of Sundays ago, <laughs> and uh, also that's in the lectionary is this John 1, I love right? John 1. The mm. word becomes flesh. Mm. The incarnate. Incarnate, yes. What does that mean for us? And I'm not just asking you as sort of like a, a quiz, but to have a conversation about what can that mean for us, right? Yeah. Uh, is it just something we read and we, you know, Jesus is born again <laughs> every year. <laughs> we celebrate the birth every year. Or is it something for us? How yes. does the incarnation actually play out in our bodies? You know, yeah, I think we talked about that a lot during the Awakening the Body series. Mm. Those who I might remember having listened to those podcasts. Uh, incarnation was the thematic anchor point of that whole year series. Yeah. And what we what we wanted people to think about is how the and there by the way there are some theolo- Christian theologians who don't believe that it's the that it's the cross or the empty tomb that saved us. Mm-hmm. It's the incarnation that saved us. That yeah. Athanasius who was one of the great church fathers mm-hmm. believed that. Um and other other theologians believe that it is God taking on humanity and flesh. Mm-hmm. As Athanasius says what God God hath not assumed, God hath not redeemed. Mm-hmm. But once what God hath assumed, God redeemed, whether or not God, you know, then went to the cross or not. Mm-hmm. little theological yes, gymnastics yes. there. But I think it would be interesting for Christians to, in, this, in this, this moment, I think different points in history have different parts in the life of Jesus that need to take on new significance. And mm-hmm. we are definitely in a world that has turned to the body and yeah. turned toward integrating mind body in wellness in in spirituality in theology so you have yoga which is a very mm-hmm. bodily spiritual practice you have mind body wellness integrative medicine integrative spirituality theology integrative mm-hmm. everything and there is an attempt to try to bring the body and the mind back together and the mm-hmm. body and the spirit body and the soul back together and unite them i think what the incarnation says to us is that god um God, not it's it's a reaffirmation of the creation narrative mm. where God says yes to that which was created. Mm-hmm. This time, God not only says yes, but not only yes, but I I want to be it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much; it's so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna enter into what mm-hmm. I created and experience the fullness of it. Yeah, and that means you know going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Waking up in the morning, sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus slept, Jesus yeah. prayed, Jesus cried. hugged people, cried, mm-hmm. has his full range of body mm-hmm. bodily experiences and emotions. And um, so I think what then we're called to do is to figure out a way for the the meaning and the message of Chris, Christmas mm-hmm. to take flesh, to take on take root in our bodies yeah. and for it to be in flesh in our lives as we go out and live in the world. I would say to add on to that, um, that so much of my cultural background was bodily. And mm, so, mm-hmm. um, and I think that there are many Afro diasporic sort of traditions that are very bodily that have been co- sort of suppressed or ignored okay. for many years. Good, and good, good. one of the things that I remember went to this conference in the spring and the woman was talking about, uh, she's a womanist lecturer. She was talking about how she felt something in her soul or about, yes. she was, she was lecturing about something to do with the body. And this, um, this white uh, monk uh, raises his hand and he says, well, ha- uh, what, what Gnostics have you consulted about your, you know, your scholarship? 
What Gnostics? Gnostics, like uh, whatever she was talking about, which I don't remember. Apparently, Gnostics have written about it for oh, okay. centuries, and yeah, she was yeah. like, "I didn't consult any. I know this because my body has told me that I know this, right? Ooh, like, I, yes. I don't need to there consult way of knowing theologians, bodily, bodily right? Way of knowing. There is yeah. something that Niebuhr and Bonhoeffer cannot teach me That's that right. I know because it's in my bones, right? You know it in your bones. Um, and one mm. of those um, great womanist theologians who talk about the Trinity is Karen Baker Fletcher. And she talks about it as dancing with God. Yes. Um, and that we have uh, we have a role in this, too. So it's not like we're just uplifting Christ as the only incarnate, but that we are also yeah. the embodiment of the logos. That's that wonderful doctrine of perichoresis that mm-hmm. talks about the perichoretic dance between the partners of the Trinity, three, mm-hmm. three partners all dancing yeah. in a different step with one another all the time. Yeah. In a, in a dance of love, obviously. Right. Love and creation. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the dancing imagery really gives you a sense of God's physical presence, right? That there is mm-hmm. a fleshly nature to, to God. We are created in God's image, so therefore God must be in some sense connected to body. Yeah, and connected to us, so not just Jesus' body, but right. that we That's have right. a role. That our know. bodies themselves yeah. are a part of the incarnation. We could also be the word that becomes flesh. That's right. Now, there were some people who were like, heresy. <laughs> She's a heresy. There's only one word. <laughs> There's only one. It is one. the capital W-O-R-D. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but there are many logos. There are ma- um, many logos. I like that. Logos. Many. Logoi. Logoi. <laughs> that is how I think, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I think it is. Yeah. I'm not good at Greek. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Logos is great. Okay, yeah. I'm not. That's not my. Uh, that's not my wheelhouse. But yeah. um. So yeah. So I think that we have an opportunity to to carry that you know mm-hmm. in the world um, mm-hmm. as embodiment and not just kind of praise Jesus, but to become the hands and feet. Right, and I yeah. think one of the ways that you um, this is the one of the perfect, beautiful metaphors of this is the true light enlightening everyone coming into the world. Mm-hmm. And so why why does that take on such great significance, not only in Christianity, but then in other religious traditions mm-hmm. that also are celebrated around this time of year? There's certainly stories, but for whatever reason, if you think back to a time in history, well, I think it's a pretty clear reason. There, there are books that talk about how Americans today don't really understand or Westerners today don't really understand darkness because we've never really experienced a world with with really no light. Mm. Even when I turn off the lights, like in my apartment complex, it's still light. Like yeah. I, I would need to get full-on blackout curtains to right. keep the light out because there's, there's light everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And because when you live near a city, there is a hue radiating mm-hmm. off of the city mm-hmm. that means you're never in total darkness, That's even right. when the street lights are totally off. Mm. And when you walk down the streets, even in the middle of the night, houses have lights out front, so you still see light. But there was a time when for most people without electricity, and most of the world live without electricity a lot longer than we've had it. We yeah. haven't had it that long. That's right. But we can't imagine a world without it. But there were five o'clock in the winter, this, that's it. You got to be, in, be inside. <laughs> you will it. be inside. You'll be inside for a long time with yeah. your family because you don't want to be out there with the wolves and whatever's out there with no <laughs> no lantern or whatever. You know, you don't have a flashlight or whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? It's right. pitch black. You're mm-hmm. in you're in danger. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it feels like the veil between this world and another is very very thin. It's I mean oh, yeah. terrifying for those who believed in a lot of 
you know, you know, ghost stories and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I don't I so in that time, stories about a light. Mm. Right. So think about that. Now, think about this in a world where it's hard for us to imagine because we get we can turn flip a switch. And light comes on. Yeah. We all have candles in our house. We have matches. We mm-hmm. have cell phones. Cell phone. Look how many cell phones we got <laughs> all the time. People can't even sleep anymore because of the light that they're seeing on their cell phones all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, blue light coming off our computers. But there was a time when light was a precious, precious mm. resource. Yeah. And yeah. here this is saying in the midst of the darkest time of the year, a light came into the world that was both visible and metaphorical Mm. and cut through the darkness, you know, and the darkness was seen as something scary and dangerous and violent and um, painful. Um, And so you see that in here, and this is how, uh, you know, the word is described as a light Mm. that comes into the darkness. And that's also how Isaiah describes it, the light in the darkness. And the darkness could not overcome it. Mm. That's an awesome line, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's also then found in the the tradition of Hanukkah, yeah. which I need to mention is also not a major feast in Judaism. No, it's not really even <laughs> mentioned. That you know, I was reading earlier that it's not even mentioned in you know parts of much of the Talmud. It's not mentioned. It gets right. like you know well, casual mentions. It's, it's actually not even in. The, it's not the in the story, people not Bible. Even in the yeah. Bible. No, it's right. not. It's right. not. It's in the it's in the apocryphal text. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and so they the were Maccabees. talking about the yeah, Maccabees and the Hasmonean monarchy and yes. all that stuff. So yes, we during this time of year we have a couple of other, you know, light traditions. Yes. Um, the lighting of the menorah, yes. just like the lighting of the advent candles. Right, or the Kanara and Kwanzaa, which is, oh, I'm so yes. excited, i got to buy one. Tell us about Kwanzaa oh, some okay. more. I mean, I think, it, I think you told us about the theme. but um, Yes, so Kwanzaa starts December 26th, goes and to January And it's again 1st. lighting candles Lighting each candles day. each day, seven days. Okay. Um, and it, the Kanara is the candle holder. Okay. And it was started in 1966 by a... Um, a professor from California, um, and it, really, it was his attempt to reconnect with, uh, get people, black people to reconnect with their ancestry. So, black Americans to reconnect with and this their is African traditions, African indigenous Af- African traditions, right? sort of. Yeah, but I mean, it's something that he it's created. So, th- oh, yes, okay. some of it is tra- traced back to okay. sort of West African cr- uh, tradition, but a lot of the language he uses to name the principles is as- actually East African, which many of our ancestors were not East African; they were West right. African. African, right. But he did this because Pan-Africanism was a huge thing in the 60s where, yeah, yeah. you know, the flag came out, red, That's black right. and green, and everybody That's was right. trying to try to get us all on the well, same page. And, right. And East Africa was where most of the African dynasties oh, were. Oh, yeah. Right? Ethiopian, which is now Ethiopia, Eritrea. Right. Right. I mean. And there were huge <sighs> civilizations far, yes. adva- far more advanced than Western civilizations yeah. that existed there. I'm sure you're probably like, what? Oh, yeah, this is history. You could go read it. Yeah, there's, it's, there's it's a lot great. of this out I mean, there. look, Henry Louis Gates will, will, will give it to you, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole PBS oh, thing on it. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. Um, but what I love about Kwanzaa, I like the themes, and I guess I resonate with them because yeah. I grew up with them, and we had these mm-hmm. big banners on the uh, the wall of our church. Wait, um, now, so tell me about your church celebrating Kwanzaa and Christmas at the same time. How did that work? Well, we didn't sell. I mean, once Christmas happened, it was over. Oh, I mean, Kwanzaa okay. started the next day. So, oh, you know, we didn't follow the liturgical calendar so that just, yeah. people follow. We didn't. This was your church's was, traditions. Yeah, yeah. we your, your own calendar. We had no 
pyramids, except for kente cloth. They were all kente cloth pyramids. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> so it was very Afrocentric. So cool. You know, my pastor went to um, Colgate, Rochester, but yes. before that, he went to Howard University. So Ooh. he was very much Pan African. You know, yes, everything. So we had these giant things on the wall of all the principles, wow. um, and I just, I really, uh, I really have a love for it. You know, I went to this like Afrocentric camp, and we had to memorize them and sing songs about them. It yes, was, it was great. I mean, I don't, I don't remember the song, but I. <laughs> oh man, I was going to ask you to I, sing for sure. I know you were. I, know you were. <laughs> I don't remember the song, um, but yeah, those principles are. Mm, I want to hear um, Umoja, which means unity. Kuji Chakalia. Okay, let me spell it for you. Yes. Okay, K U J I C H A G U L I A. Cool. Kuji Chakalia. Spelling B word. It, it, yes, right. <laughs> Means self determination, mm. which is my favorite. I love it. Um, Ujima means collective work and responsibility. So if you have to understand that they were trying to get, you know, black communities to be self sufficient, when you think about like Black Wall Street and how that yeah. um, kind of got, you know, uh, devastated. Um, I do like the sense of collective work, though. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not an individualistic. No, 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 no. This, this can't be done. It's about people together. Right. I see. I can see unions there. I can see right. collective bargaining. Right. Um, related to that is Ujamaa, which is cooperative economics, similar, um, more related to businesses. So okay. how do we uh, create and maintain businesses in our communities? Nia is purpose. That's a very popular name. There's so many people I know named Nia. <laughs> yeah. Not my name. Nia. Nia. N-I-A. N-I-A. Yes. Purpose. Yeah. My yeah. name is something different. But um, Kumba means creativity. So finding innovative ways to leave African communities more beautiful hmm. and beneficial. Hmm. And then the last one is Imani, which means faith. And so really connecting to your, you know, wow. your belief in God or Good. your heritage. Yeah. Um, these are these are the seven principles. The Nguzo Saba. I do remember. It's Nguzo what? Saba. Seven principles. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Never in a million oh. years would I think we would have an amazing Kwanzaa song on this podcast. Oh, this yes. Is awesome. Yes, yes, yes. So what are the colors? Are there colors? Uh, red, black, and green. And so there's... It doesn't alternate. Usually it's like three red and think a black oh. in the center and three green. Okay. It's been a while since I've been in the church. You don't church. remember which ones you, go to which? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they go in order. So you do light them in order. Okay. And okay. I think I think the black one is the last one you light. But yeah. I don't remember kind of... I have to look that up okay. and um, get a get an imagery of the Canara so I can see. And of course, you can do things different ways. I mean, you don't have to follow this precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, like Advent, you don't have to follow it precisely. Okay. Um, but but yeah, it's another light festival, another light tradition that I think is great, and it ends with a feast mm-hmm. on January first, like How it's supposed that? to. <laughs> so on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yeah. What? And tell me, what's is there? Are there, are there special kinds of foods? No, I, I don't remember there being any kind of. Okay. Um, uh, you know, we just ate regular, regular cultural food, you know, yeah, for fried sure. chicken. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it that's so interesting to me about this is there's that, and I don't know a whole lot about Kwanzaa, so I'll just say that. It, it's very, um, it's much more specific than the thematic mm-hmm. of the Advent season. Yeah. And I think obviously that comes from the black experience in America mm-hmm. and also you know, just Pan-Africanism as well. But, you know, hope can be kind of like, what in the world? What does that mean? You say self-determination. Now now you're talking. And actually, I've been trying to, like, help the Advent themes 
look like self-determination because that's what I think the women in Jesus's family tree mm-hmm. are about. Yeah. You know, and what God honors in their story and yeah. blesses in their story. Yeah. So it's very interesting. It is. And also another, you know, we mentioned it before, Hanukkah starts on December 22nd. So by the time you've heard this, you know, episode will be five days, four or five days. Also another progressive gift giving process like Christmas was intended to be. Right. um, It's interesting that all the traditions have this very similar thing of light and gifts Mm -hmm. about the same time of year. I was on Twitter and there was a rabbi who was complaining because they met a Christian person who wanted to start, you know, practicing Hanukkah. They thought it was cool and special and they wanted to kind of bring that to their family. Uh, and this person was saying like, hey, like you, you're trying to take our tradition. You have your own. How about you learn about Advent? <laughs> you know, and they were my. kind of going back and forth on Twitter. Spicy, um, which I, I mean, I, I sort of agree with. I mean, I don't I don't need to embrace another another. We right. have things that we can embrace. We have right. so much to, to do. We can do so much with Advent. You right. can, why, why, why would you need to? Yeah. And that's an interesting you know. thing. So let's get political for a minute. So yeah. this is where the happy holidays debate always comes mm. up every year. You mm-hmm. know, it's like. Uh, why, I don't wish me happy holidays. Keep c- Christ in Christmas, right? You know, but of course, to do that is to reject the fact that there are multiple other religious traditions practicing their religion at that same time of year. That's right. You're not the only one. So why can't you say, you know, it, see? But the, here's the thing: where I would say a lot of people just say happy holidays. I got no problem with that. I'm going to say that too. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person who's saying, "Come on now, why can't we affirm Christmas?" Why don't we say that an inclusive way to do that would be like, let's affirm all the holidays mm-hmm. and also those not celebrating, mm-hmm. but let instead of washing it all down with a happy holiday generic greeting. Right. right? This is a this is kind of almost like an ecumenical debate. Like either there's we're all one religion and there's no differences. Let's mm-hmm. just love each other or <laughs> right. let's celebrate or interfaith, which is let's celebrate all of our faiths and exactly what they are and the uniquenesses and the differences that mm-hmm. that separate them from each other. And that's sort of a more thick ecumenism. So, like, I would say instead of saying happy holidays, you could say, you know, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy mm-hmm. Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. you know, like give the give the greeting, you know, yeah. um, that is is, you know, and uh, happy Saturnalia. You know, whatever it is that this the, pagan, oh. pagan festivals. Yeah. Which is, by the way, all the light stuff really comes from the, yeah. indigenous pagan traditions, yeah. which are, which tended to focus on light in a time of darkness and cold. Right. Of right. course, they right. focus on light mm-hmm. in, the, in those times of darkness. So even the pagans are represented here. Which That's is right. Yeah. That's right. I do have a few fun facts about Hanukkah. Oh, here we um, go. So uh, there was one that really caught me off guard here. I'm trying to find it. It said... Hanukkah can actually begin on any day of the week besides Tuesdays. So <laughs> most Jewish holidays only begin on four of the seven days. They can only begin on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbat, okay. right? Yeah. They can never begin on a Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. But Hanukkah can begin on any day except Tuesday. Weird. And okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I just never would have That's interesting. known That's that, very... you know? and. That's interesting. You know, yeah, we need to consult. I have to call Asher and ask him what yeah. that's about. Oh, this is, I mean, Judy. this was written by uh, Hobbit.org. So, okay. <laughs> uh, 13 Hanukkah facts every Jew should know. So, I'm, I'm trusting that. <laughs> We're trusting it. It's got to be right. You found it on but the yes, internet. It's going to be right. Right. But do call and consult your rabbi. Yeah, just call, call your rabbi and ask, for, um, ask friends. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really interesting, you know, um, 
for us to be mindful of those who are not celebrating the way we are. It's part of mm-hmm. part of part of the most. I think the most callous thing that a Christian could do in a time when we're thinking about how to be hospitable to Christ. Right. That's all, the whole season is about welcoming Christ yeah. into the world and into your life. And Christ comes in the form of the stranger and mm-hmm. the prisoner and the hungry and the thirsty and the naked, which Christ says over and over and over again. So when you the the most non-Christmassy thing that you could do would be to be unempathetic toward other religious traditions. Mm-hmm. Because in fact that's exactly what that's what the tradition's about is hospitality and yeah. love and support and acceptance of all traditions and, and welcoming people from all different backgrounds. And, yeah. Um you know, so I think we do need a little dose of empathy in a more sort of Christian Christmas dominated culture. Absolutely. Yeah, and the other thing is, saying Merry Christmas is not going to save the church from more, you know, <laughs> you know, decline in America. Really? You know, please. All you're really just saying is, I want to scream about being Christian in a world that's become deaf. Look, everybody knows it's Christmas. Have you yeah. been to at-home decor store? Right. And, the white, everybody and what they're celebrating is not really what Christmas is, right? right. It's, it's this consumer materialism. Right. It's not what Christmas is about. You know, it's, I, you know, I, some of the most profound sermons I heard as a child, even though they tended to be theologically struggle for me because they were so over-the-top evangelical, but were about the simplicity of the story of, of what it was like on the first night. You know, mm-hmm. it's like... There they are with the animals. It smelled, it stank. They mm-hmm. don't even have a place. It's raw, you know, and that's where God comes into the world. It, God did not come into the world at Saks Fifth Avenue or F.A.O. Schwartz. <laughs> F.A.O. Schwartz. Right? No. That's not where God no. came. And God or didn't come into the at, world at under home. a beautiful Christmas tree <laughs> in your right. wonderful home, even in an apartment. Right. In the middle of nowhere, homeless, Right. right? Houseless, mm-hmm. born in a in a manger, right? Mm-hmm. We forget the ramifications of that act, of that being the moment when God comes into the world with nowhere, mm-hmm. right? and there was no snow on the ground, and there wasn't any snow. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, are there any final thoughts for this bonus episode that you want to leave the people with as they head into twenty twenty? Mm, yes. Well, I think you know. <laughs> Don't I would say don't let the season go by without figuring out a way to make some kind of resolution to be different, not just to think different and in the next year. And mm-hmm. I don't just mean to eat differently and to exercise more. <sighs> I, I do I mean do. to literally be different, to listen more, mm-hmm. to to love more, to care more, to mm-hmm. or to shut out the voices you don't need to listen to. You know, and uh, live your life or to trust, trust your instinctual, your body, which Mm. is telling you, uh, giving you knowledge that Mm. you're not getting anywhere else, which is very, would be a very incarnational act or to be the light that the world needs in the midst of a often dark. I think 2020 is going to be pretty dark. Just, Mm -hmm. I'm just predicting right now. I'm not, I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm. Not at least that. You not, could not, be a not prophet, that, not that kind. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying. I think 2020 is going to be a pretty rough year with the political circus that we're mm. going to see. And I would, it, it'd be a great time for people to make a resolution to be, to be light instead of darkness, mm. and to be love instead of hate, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and to listen and to, you know, really find a find a way to put some flesh on the on the story of love and hope and peace and joy in the world and in, in, in a time where there's not going to be much of any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would also encourage people to develop some sort of gratitude practice and mm. 
Um, okay. Counting counting your blessings, really. Like, really, do it. Yeah. You have three, 360, is it 66 days this year? No, That's right, 365 six, days of the year. No, 366. Six, okay. 60, you have 366 days in 2020. Extra whole day. Extra whole blessing. You got to count. Oh, my, yes. At, do that. I Write it down. I, I want to challenge you. I'm, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on my blog again, re, reignite my blog, and, and, you know, every day I'm going to count, count a blessing. And, I and then it. I would love to see if you do the same thing, you know, send me an email or something and, and let me know. I would love to follow up on that because I think we're really going to need to do it. <laughs> we're going to need. If the prophet Ben is really <laughs> correct about this. It doesn't take yeah. a prophet to know that an election year is going to be rough. Yeah. So I encourage you to do that in 2020. And I look forward to seeing you all in the new year. Great. All righty. Take Bye. care.